church. Oh, you did. You do kind of sound awake. I love it. Um, My name is Jordan. I am the director of children's ministry here at San Diego First Church, Um, and I'm so glad you're here this morning. Welcome, welcome. Um, I do have a few announcements for us. Um, First up, uh, if you have not checked in, please do so. You can do that on the screen up here. Get your smartphone out. Hover over that code. Let us know that you're here, if there's any prayer requests that you have. Um, We'd love to know all of that. We review that every time we get together as a staff. So just know that we are praying for you. Um, And if you're new, we're we're checking in on that too. So please do that. That's also on your bulletin on the back if you want to do it there instead. Um, The men's breakfast is coming up. It is on Saturday, May 20th. And uh, your contact for that event is actually Dave James. So if you have any questions about um, that day, please feel free to contact him. Um, I chatted with him just before this. Um, It's going to be from 8 to closer to 9.30 instead of 10. So it's not a whole day thing. Your your whole day is not spent... um, at that breakfast, you'll be done by 9.30. But if this uh, sounds like a good opportunity for you to connect with other men, um, to pray and just be in fellowship and eat, um, I invite you to RSVP. You can do that through the e-news if you get, if you get the e-news. Um, or you can go to our website and the event is under events. Um, so handy. So it's under events. Please RSVP for that event. And get your phones out because Dave gave me his personal cell. If you want to text him with questions, here it is. 619-843-0780. Okay? Text Dave with any questions that you might have. Um, we can also throw that on the, um, on the website so that you have Dave's personal cell. Um, okay. Carlin Lebitsky is getting married. That's a great, that's great news. And uh, the Lebitskys are throwing a shower for her and her fiance, Marco, right after this. Um, please feel free to linger, stack chairs, help us clean up this place, and then head over. It is a come and go shower starting at 12, ending at 2. So you can come, have some light snacks, um, and wish the new couple well. We're very excited for you guys. Uh, Last thing, I, I just didn't, I didn't plan for this. I didn't know that this was happening. Um, but apparently, 
there is, yeah, I almost burned down the place just now. But apparently VBS is happening this summer. I, again, I just didn't know that I was going to do announcements. I didn't know that, you know, um, that we would be, uh, that I would be promoing anything. Had no idea. But VBS is coming up, okay? And we are in full prep swing. Okay, so first thing, if you have volunteered with VBS in any capacity, please raise your hand. Nice and, nice and high, nice and high. Look around the room. There's a lot of us. It's a great thing to do. Um, this year, our VBS is July 24th through the 28th. It's from 1 to 4 in the afternoon, and it is a blast. If you um, are, can only volunteer for a little bit at that lunchtime hour, we have registration. You can do registration. You love being around kids, you can, you can be a team leader and help with a sport. If you, um, let me see what else. If you like the little bitty kids, you can help with Team 45. If you just want to help prepare their snacks, you can do that too. I kid you not, there is something for everyone and it takes all of us. We have over 200 kids that come that week and it is a huge undertaking and we need you. In case in your head you're going, oh, they don't need me. That's not true. We, we do need you. And so please, please, please um, let me know. Email me. Email Rihanna. I'm in. This is how I can help. These are, our, you know, these are the things that I'm interested in. We'd love for you to be a part of that week. Um, it is an all-church thing. The community comes, and we, we provide this, this really cool opportunity for kiddos all across Point Loma. So um, if you have babies... If you have a baby, you're like, I can't. Hey, guess what? We provide childcare for volunteers. So um, we also need somebody to watch those kiddos. So if that's something you'd like to do, um, let me know. Oh, and look, there's a cute one. He's going to be there. His name's Banner. He'll be in the nursery. He's really cute. He's really fun. If you want to take care of him, let me know. Let me know. Um, okay, so at this time... We are uh, going to pass the peace with each other. This is a great way to um, engage the larger community here. And if you're like, what is that? You go and find someone you know or you don't know, and you say peace of Christ um, to each other. And it's a great way to remind each other that, that Christ is with us and among us. Um, a, an additional um, job that I'd like you to say is once you've engaged, you've passed the piece, you can say, hey, what are you going to do this year for VBS? Okay? I love it. Okay. Pass the piece.
you all can start making your way back to your seats as we continue in some worship this morning. Love all the joy that is within the greetings this morning. Um, before I continue with our call to worship, our scripture this morning, I just want to take a moment and address the band on stage. You may notice um, two familiar faces, but mostly unfamiliar faces. Um, actually, every year, Point Loma, Nazarene, our partner university next door, um, sends out a team to summer camps, Nazarene summer camps, Arizona, New Mexico, California, Hawaii, everyone on our region. And you're looking at the team this year that is going to Arizona camp. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which is very special because that is my home camp and district. Um, so we will be going along with Luke in the back and then another student, <laughs> another student that is not with us. So we'll be going the second or third week of June. So if you are thinking of us in June, um, feel free to pray for us as we go and do ministry with kids and teens. Um, I'm sure some of you have been to camp yourself or are still going to camp. And so you can remember those times and how special and meaningful they were. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge who's on stage as we continue leading you in worship this morning. And with that, um, you can look at the screen as I read the call to worship. It's from John 10, 1 through 10. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who loses not enter the sheep pen but the gate but climbs in some I'm gonna read from up here actually I decided that I can't see that back there okay very truly I tell you Pharisees anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are the thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. John 10, 1 through 10. This is the word of the Lord. You may stand as we continue in worship this morning. What gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom. My steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. For my life is wholly bound to His. Oh, how 
Jesus lives in us and through us, we respond with praise and adoration. We sing. When we were lost ones, you were the shepherd that carried us home. When we were prodigals, you ran to meet us with open arms. And we can't hold back our praise.
this morning. You may be seated as Dee comes up to read some scripture. Good morning, all. It is wonderful to be with you this morning. Um, my name is Dee, and for those of you I haven't met, I hope I get a chance to meet you. It's great to have you with us this morning. Um, I'm going to take a moment as we look at a particular passage of Scripture and just read through it as a prayer this morning. But I've got to tell you, um, in this particular moment, I have um, more confidence in some portions of this congregation than other portions of this congregation. And I, I don't want to set one group against another group. But it just might feel that way this morning, and so I'm confessing it up front. And the group that I have a lot more confidence in this morning is this group right here. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to just, I'm not sure I can handle the visual eye darts and frustrations that are coming from other portions. So I'm going to get close to this group that I feel a little more affinity with this morning. And I'll tell you why. The prayer and scripture this morning that we're going to do right now is one that's pretty familiar to some people, but for some people it's so familiar that they forget to let their mind and their heart just kind of let go. And I don't think they can do that this morning. Or this group over here. But I think you can. So... The psalm this morning is the 23rd psalm, and it starts with, the Lord is my shepherd. So you kind of know a little bit of it, right? But when we pray, when we read, it seems really important for me to just let our imagination go. So before we step into this psalm, I just want to ask, when you hear that first line, the Lord is my shepherd, and you think about shepherds and sheep, what else comes to mind? Anything? Yep. Sheep, absolutely. Yes? A shepherd's staff. A shepherd's staff, nice. Angels. Wow, we're going right to like the birth of Jesus kind of scene there. That's fantastic. Yep. Pardon me? Yokes? Yokes on me. Yes. <laughs> Goats, absolutely. Because certainly if there are sheep around somewhere, there are goats. There have to be, yes. <clears throat> what? Waffles? Okay, now, that's what I'm talking about. If you can go from shepherds to waffles, you're in the groove right now. That, I don't think we need to go any further. I'm going to offer this as a prayer, but I want all of you to just let your kind of mind go about shepherds, goats, staffs, sheep, waffles, anything else that comes to mind, because that's how God's spiritual imagination takes us to places we never dreamed possible. So let's all pray together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. 
He leads me beside still waters, restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, will you teach us? Teach us to have an imagination where we can see ourselves as sheep or goats, where we can imagine dining with breakfast with you, where we can think about how you care for us, watch over us, love us, protect us, hold us, where you know us by name. May this morning be a morning where our imagination takes us to places we never imagined possible because we belong to you and your spirit moves among us freely. Thank you for those who lead us so beautifully, our children who help us to think in new ways, dream new dreams, and have hope that carries us with excitement and joy. That's our prayer this morning. Amen. Thanks, gang. We have the privilege of dismissing the children. I looked to the guy who runs everything back here. That's what I was doing. With another prayer, a prayer for our children. So I invite you to pray over our kids as they leave. This is my prayer for you, our children, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best. May you be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. You all are the best. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Would you stand with me as we continue to worship about our God and how we can trust in our God because he's our good, good shepherd.
scripture for this morning. Our scripture this morning comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 through 25. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he trusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins 
and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. The word of the Lord. Well, first, I would like to say that I think there are churches and camps that are in for a wonderful treat with this wonderful band that's heading out this summer. It is great to have you, and so glad you shared your music with us. What a treat uh, this morning, and how wonderful to be partners with the school and uh, to um, allow the interaction to foster not only relationships between uh, these neighbors, uh, but also to be part of each other's mission. And our mission here is to lift up Christ. And hopefully we do that in a variety of ways that we'll talk a little bit about this morning. But one other thing that I want to say before we jump in, um, I, um, as I said before, I'm so grateful for those who, uh, from out of town who visit or neighbors who decide to come. Um, but this morning's pretty, pretty special for me. Um, just one of the anchors of my life from the time I was born till now. My sister is here with us this morning and her family, Bobby, it is so nice to have you here. Really throws me off. So if I um, stutter, lose my way, whatever the case might be, um, as I've done my entire life, I'll blame that on my sister. Um, we've had three scriptures that have been part of this morning. The first one that I referenced was the 23rd Psalm and an invitation to allow our imagination to take hold because I think imagination is very, very important for these passages of scripture that we're looking at. You probably know from uh, the weeks that have led up to this and my journey here with you that I think that the spiritual imagination is so vital in terms of our growth, our journey to become whole and all that God has created us to be. And there's so much that stifles this imagination, so much that holds it back, our own fears, our culture, um, the ways in which we are celebrated for thinking in a particular way, particularly in our Western culture. And so when we enter into the 23rd Psalm and have the opportunity to imagine what it might be like to think of the one who creates all to be a shepherd. A shepherd who we learn from the John passage calls out by name those who are part of the um, flock with this shepherd. A tradition that we're pretty unfamiliar with. I mean, I... I can give all kinds of descriptions about the norms of what shepherds do, but I've never been a shepherd. I, I've never even talked to a shepherd. I've seen one, and the one I saw ruined every stereotype I've ever had of a shepherd, dressed in a black leather jacket and uh, cargo pants and um, 
I didn't even have a staff. I didn't really believe that this person was a shepherd, but there were the sheep, and there he was overseeing them. So I have a difficult time not only stepping into that story, but conveying anything to you that has any significance in regard to being a shepherd. That's why I just loved the kids giving us what image comes to their mind. Certainly, their thoughts are colored by your input, and you've done a great job of messing them up already. <laughs> their own experiences, their journey, the things they've read, seen, heard, as is true for all of us. But the invitation is to try and step into a storyline and allow the storyline to begin, not begin to move, not only the way we think, but open up our hearts to the way we feel and how our mind and body and soul come together to lead us to a place of completeness of how God has created us to be, not just individually, but in community with one another. So we come to this John passage that was read for us, John chapter 10, 1 through 10. And this imagery of the Good Shepherd is continued. The people who created the lectionary readings for this week, this became a significant recognition of the theme of shepherd that goes through all of this as a way by which to describe the creator of all things. And, and so the first Peter passage is actually out of order of where we've been going the last few weeks because this is the portion of first Peter that speaks about you like sheep have gone astray. So we get to that in a moment. But in John, the imagery is of a shepherd, sheep that are in the pen, a gate, a fence, and thieves and robbers. Those who don't go through the gate, it says, are like thieves and robbers. But the shepherd comes through the gate and knows the sheep by name, and they recognize his voice. Now, on the one hand, that's not metaphorical in that sheep actually do recognize the voice of their shepherd. However, it's completely metaphorical in that it's inviting us to imagine what it's like to use this imagery to change us, the way we think, the way we envision God. Halfway through this passage in John, it says they don't understand him at all. Welcome to adulthood. <laughs> all of a sudden, we've put away this ability to hear, listen with the heart and try and analyze everything to such detail. Okay, now, what does he mean by that? Billy Collins is an American poet. And he writes a poem about poems. And it goes something like this. I asked them to take a poem and hold it up to the light like a color slide or press against an ear to hear its hive. I say, 
drop a mouse into a poem and watch it try and probe its way out. Or step into a poem's room and feel the walls for the light switch. I want them to water ski over the surface of a poem and wave to the author's name on the shore. But all they want to do is tie it to a chair and beat a confession out of it. They hit it with a hose, determined to find exactly what it means. There are some who have said that that could as easily be said about scripture as about a poem. Trying to strap it down to a chair and beat a confession out of it, tell me exactly what it means so that I can draw a line in the sand and know that it's this and not this. Well, what if it's this and this and that? Well, what if we don't land on a specific answer between all of us? Does that mean it means nothing? Or is it possible that it means so much more? So at the end of this discussion of the shepherd and the sheep, it says, and they didn't understand, you'd think in that moment, Jesus would then say, okay, let's get real specific about all of this. But instead, he continues the metaphor. He says, I'm the gatekeeper. What? I expected you were going to say that you were other portions of this storyline. I'm the gatekeeper. And doesn't go into great detail to explain every piece of the metaphor, but says those who know me know my voice. It's an invitation to hear with a new set of ears. Then it becomes very difficult as we go to the first Peter passage, first Peter chapter two, verses 19 through 25, I think is what we read through. Conveniently, the, those who put together the readings left out verse 18, because verse 18 is so uncomfortable. And if I don't say what it is, you're all going to look it up and go, what makes this so uncomfortable? It's the beginning of this paragraph. We drop right into the middle of a paragraph. And it starts off with, slaves, obey your masters, as is fitting in the Lord. Raises all kinds of questions about, is scripture in endorsing that terrible institution? Well, once again, hang in there with me. Let's put this in context and invite us into a journey of where God might lead us. We've talked in previous weeks that this letter from Peter to the church is a particular group of people in an area of several provinces in in a geographic location that's part of Turkey today. 
And they were aliens in a foreign land. They were strangers. They had no rights. And when I say that, it's really difficult for most of us in this crowd to really know what it is to have no rights. Because we have a country that constantly talks about rights and emphasizes rights and has a court system that tries to determine those rights. But this is a context 2,000 years ago of a group of people who have gathered together with similar beliefs to speak about what the one they call the Messiah has led them to. But they live in an area where they have no land ownership rights, they have no voting rights, they have no privileges. They're allowed to live in the area, but if they do anything wrong, all kinds of things can take place. Peter writes to them and wants to send a message that the good news is for you. It reminds me so much of what Jesus did right before the the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. Just before that, it, it describes that Jesus has been going throughout the area. He's been, he's been teaching in their synagogues. He's been preaching the good news and he's been healing people of all kinds of illnesses and sicknesses. And it says that news about him spread throughout Syria. And so they started bringing to him those who were ill with various kinds of diseases, those who were paralyzed, those who were in severe pain, those who were experiencing seizures, those who were possessed by things that they didn't even have explanations for. And it says that he healed them and that the news began to spread to the areas of the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, the area beyond the Jordan, and all kinds of crowds started to come. But they were kinds of crowds of people who were ill, struggling, those who were caregivers of those individuals. These are people who, because of their illnesses, were pushed to the side, not allowed to participate. Certainly, certain illnesses prevented you from having any kind of work, participating in any social gatherings, being part of any family dinner. And it says he went up on the hillside and sat down. The followers gathered. And he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. This good news is for you. Blessed are those who mourn, are grieving for whatever loss there is. This good news is for you. Blessed are those who are meek, who have just kind of dropped into the background because of fear or because of social structures or because of institutions that don't work well for you. The good news is for you. Let me bless you. Why 
one writer says the next one is blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty, who just don't have. Another rendition of this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, who long for more, who wish they understood more or, or could participate and don't have. The good news is for you. And here we have Peter, I think, in a similar fashion, writing to those whose position within the current institutions is horribly disadvantaged. It goes on right after this passage and speaks to women who are horribly disadvantaged in these systems. It's identifying those who by no choice of their own have landed in a place and a time that doesn't work well for them. And for those for whom it works well, they seem just fine. Peter is writing something that's not really that unusual at that time. It was kind of a, a practice to periodically write a way by which you live in the world. But typically, those types of admonitions were written to those who were in charge of government or those who were in charge of military those who were in charge of households, those who were in charge of businesses. It was written to those on how to conduct yourself well in those places of leadership, I guess. Peter follows this same kind of literary genre, but the twist is he's writing to those who aren't in power. And part of this is just saying, I know it's hard. You've got one who's your champion. One who knows what hard is. One who laid his life down on behalf of you. One who knows suffering. One who knows pain. And I want to say that this, this drawing together of those who have this belief in a Messiah, one who teaches us the way of life, teaches us how we can live past our circumstances, above our circumstances, through our circumstances, is one who subjected himself to circumstances and yet lived, died, and rose victorious on your behalf. It is an invitation then to step into a place of imagination, to imagine something more. I think Peter desperately wants them to not have more pain, to not have more suffering. 
on until time passes and things begin to change. Here are things you can do that will keep things from getting worse. But let me tell you that there is both a hopeful tomorrow that changes a present today. A hopeful of those things to come that changes the way I engage my circumstances. So here's what I think the invitation to imagination is. Imagine what that hopeful tomorrow looks like. Let it begin with waffles. <laughs> and I don't say that disrespectfully. How would waffles come into this vision? But here's the next vision piece that I think is essential. We live in a time where we talk about all kinds of rights. The invitation is for those who have given their hearts to the work of the Messiah to say, how then can we speak up? How then can we live? On whose behalf can we speak? So that the vision might come sooner rather than later, so that the kingdom of heaven might come to earth now instead of sometime in the future. That somehow that which is of the kingdom of God could kiss the earth and there would be this outpost of grace and forgiveness and love and hope. If I live satisfied for that which works well for me and am grateful and blessed, but don't allow my imagination to go, and so then, where are the shortcomings? Then I have given up that spiritual imagination that takes me to a future where the kingdom of God might embrace and hold and love. And in order to do that, I think sometimes it requires that we water ski over the surface of scripture, wave to the author's name who's on the shore, that we step into the room of the unknown and begin to look and feel for the light switch that might cast new light on something in our journey. That we might hold a scripture up and hear the buzz of the bees as they work to bring to pass God's work on earth just as it is in heaven. It invites me to green pastures where I can lie down, to still waters where I might rest, rest so that I might be renewed to engage in the work of the kingdom. It invites me to sit at the table with, oh, let your imagination go wild here, with my enemies and share a meal of waffles. <laughs> oh, God. 
let it be so. Let me dine at tables where I'm the one that's been invited and listen well and love deeply and offer kindness. Peter's admonition in this passage is really to an audience that is tough for us to comprehend. But for those of us who get to listen in on this letter and read it, could it move us? Move us with a heart of compassion, a determination that has courage woven into it, a way by which we might simply ask, oh God, how, when, on whose behalf? Peter invites us to join in the community and be part of what God's doing. And what is that? Well, maybe we could tie it up to a chair and beat a confession out of it to know exactly what that is. But I don't. What is it for you? If we sit with God's word and God's spirit and ask Jesus to lead us, I'm convinced that it will invite us into places with a new heart, new ears, and new eyes to love as Jesus loves. And there we find a community with whom to do that together and collectively to listen to God's word as it changes how we do what we do, how we love, and how we care. I'd like to invite you into a time of prayer. Invite the band to come. They'll play a song that I hope will allow us to reflect for a few moments as well. But here's what I'd like to remind us at the end, what I said at the beginning. Our mission is to lift up Christ, and the subheading to that mission is this, and we get to do that through preaching, teaching, and healing. And that comes right out of that Matthew chapter 4 and 5 passage. Preaching the way we live our lives, teaching, another word for discipleship, healing, that we might be healing agents in the world in which we live. It's that last part that I think the closing portion of 1 Peter chapter 2 is all about. It says, by his wounds we are healed. Spoken to an oppressed, hurting group of people who had no voice, and the message to them is, there is one who has borne your wounds carries your heartache, knows your difficulties, understands your sorrows, 
and hold you. For the good news is for you. The hope is for you. I have no doubt there are some this morning that that's the message you need to hear. I hope you hear your name called by the shepherd who says you are mine and I am yours. For others, there is an invitation to be a source of healing because that's what the calling to lift up Christ means. Healing words, healing actions, healing participation. What might it look like this week to be a healing agent wherever you go, with whomever you do life, in all settings, in all ways, at all times, to be a healer? That's where I hope your imagination goes this morning. Lord, hear our heart. Speak in ways that invite us to new ways of doing life. Being purveyors of peace. Conduits of grace. And all the easy circumstances and then all the hard ones. Enliven our imagination that we might see ourselves anew. Hear our prayers, O oh Lord. Amen. Blessed are the ones who do not bury all the broken pieces of their heart. Blessed are the tears of all the weary, pouring like a fire's fallen scars. Blessed are the wounded ones in mourning, brave enough to show the Lord their scars. And blessed are the hurts that are not hidden, open to the healing touch of God. The kingdom is yours. The kingdom is yours. Hold on a little more. This is not the end. Hope is in the Lord. Keep your eyes on
Scripture has a couple places where it talks about a dress code. Um, there's a wonderful one that's beautiful in Colossians. Um, it speaks about how we clothe ourselves. Uh, this morning I put on my Mr. Rogers sweater to try and uh, give me a different way to look at the world, a different perspective. That passage in Colossians says, Clothe yourselves, therefore, with compassion, kindness, gentleness, humility, Bear with one another. Forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. And over all these things, put on love, which binds them together in perfect harmony. That's my prayer for you this week. Put on a different outfit. Literally and metaphorically. Do them both. I love when kids show up in ballerina outfits or outfits they obviously chose this morning and the parents didn't choose. Those moments where the imagination takes you to places where God wants you to go. After we finish here in a closing blessing, those who can help, please help with some of the stuff that helps us disassemble this room and get ready for tomorrow. But don't let that rob you from fellowship, talking, interacting. Take as long as you want. 
And if you talk long enough, you won't have to move a single chair or a carpet piece. So I challenge you to do that. Following that, you're certainly invited down the breezeway to uh, the wonderful shower for Carlin and Marco. So glad you're here this morning. It's great to have you. Would you stand and let me offer a blessing for you? Lord, maybe this week, will you pick out our new outfit? Clothe us with your grace. Shower us with your forgiveness. Send us into places that are new to be new. May you fill us all with your spirit and may that spirit carry us to the places you want us to be. Help us to take with us grace and peace. May it go before us, come behind us. May it be the wonderful fragrance that surrounds every place where we've been. For we are yours and you have offered to be ours. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You are dismissed. God bless you.